From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to the big event and welcome, Heather Knight, to the intro. You're, you're doing the intro with me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, so we're here for Total Muni Experience 2018, which we need to explain. Possibly a multi-part podcast, probably involving us writing every Muni line in one day. But I want to start with how it got started, which was with your four-year-old son. Yeah, my little boy is totally obsessed with two things, buses and numbers. And so Muni is the perfect combination. He has memorized every Muni bus route in order from one to, I think it goes up to 91. I could be wrong, but he would know for sure. I think we have some audio of that, which we will play right now. 5R Fulton Rapid, 6 Hate Parnassus, 7 Hate Noriega, 7X Noriega Express, 8 Bayshore, 8AX Bayshore AX Express, 8BX Bayshore. So you tweeted about this, and I remembered another young man obsessed with Muni who is. Larry Bear. The Larry Bear, the CEO and president of the San Francisco Giants. Back in 1980, he had just graduated from UC Berkeley, and like new college grads with a summer to kill, he and a friend thought of um, something random to do, which was ride every Muni bus line in one day, and they called it the Total Muni Experience. So I remembered this from a story I did a while ago. I found those photos. The Chronicle covered Larry Bear riding every Muni, and put that together with your son knowing every Muni, we want to make you a hero. We started talking about maybe trying to do it and if it could be done in 2018. Right. So we agreed, um, Peter and I, that we would attempt this if readers can help us figure out a route that would actually work. We can't just randomly jump from one line to another. We have to have a really good strategy. But we were English and journalism majors in college, so we're not the ones to figure this out. And that's where we need your help. So we're doing this, Heather and Peter, uh, Larry Bear interview coming up. Our hashtag, if you're on Twitter or Facebook, is going to be Total Muni 2018. It is. Total Muni 2018. Larry Bear of the Giants talking about Muni. Thank you for listening to the big event. Larry Bear, welcome to the big event with uh, Larry Bear, Heather Knight, and we're talking Giants a little bit later, but Muni. TME. Hi, Peter. Thank you for having (laughs) us. But TME, which has existed in my life and probably just my life and my friend Andy Coblins' life memory since um, we were idly idly chat. Chat, chatting idly after college on a beach, I think, literally, um, figuring out what to do. Total TME, we invented Total Muni Experience, and that was at age 22 or so. Yeah, so Total Muni Experience, Heather and I are excited about this because um, Heather's son is 
Muni, uh, what's the word you would use? <laughs> Obsessed. Obsessed. Okay. A, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> he's a four-year-old who loves buses and numbers, so Muni is a great combination. He's memorized every Muni bus route in uh, numerical order, and he loves reading the Next Bus app and just seeing when every bus in the city is going to arrive at its next stop. So he was fascinated to find out that somebody had ridden every Muni bus line in one day. And that's well, what happened. I, I was him. <laughs> She she shared this on Twitter, and I saw it, and I'm like, well, you know who else has some Muni history? And just wanted to invite you in and, and hear about it, because we're, number one, thinking about replicating it, not sure if it can be done in 2018. And number two, just wanted to get your memories. So field experience for us and just entertainment <laughs> value of hearing that Larry Bear rode every Muni line once. So I have to say, Peter, and what Heather said is exactly the way I, I was, except I was 22, not how old is your son? He's four. Okay. So he is, <laughs> he is a child project. He is way beyond his years. So at 22, I was very proud of myself. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to almost 40 years ago and um, give you a little recitation. One California, two Clement, three Jackson, four Sutter, five Fulton. Then I'm blanking on six, seven, eight, nine, the 10 Monterey. So I was like that and like your your son. And it just, there was some fascination with the Muni. Um, I grew up on 29th in California. So I was right on the one California line. My friend Andy grew up on 5th and Lake. So he was on the one California line. So... We did. I did a sleepover at his place, and we they had schedules at the time. Curtis Green was the the general manager of Muni. I remember that name, and uh, we wrote them, and they sent gladly sent us a one day Muni pass, and informed us that the first one California that would be coming by Sixth and California, closest to where Andy lived, was at three fifty eight a.m. So we we caught dutifully caught the 358 number one at fifth and sixth in California and, and went on our way. But we were just like your four-year-old. Um, I guess it took us a while to sort of actualize as opposed to being four. We were 22 and we were out of, out of Berkeley and it was an amazing thing. And we kind of made it a little bit of a media event where we had a press conference at the bus stop bar on Union Street at the, you know, kind of two-thirds of the way through, and we invited reporters on with us various ways, various times through the through the day, and we had a, also had a press conference at the Balboa Bus Yards, like at noon. I'm guessing the first hour was really fun, and then it started to feel like a really long day. How are you feeling by <laughs> and, hour 13? Well, you know, what happened was we sort of saved sort of the, the, the candy for the end, which was the cable cars, because we were including cable cars, which didn't, I don't think they had, they just had the names at the time, at least, Hyde Street and Powell Street, California Street. So we saved them for the end, and we also saved some of the streetcar lines for the end for the end because they had the end Judah or whatever with letters. So they didn't really fit into the numerical expression that we were trying to create. But, um, but yeah, so we, and we did drag and though we were well fed and we hydrated, we'd be drinking water. It was still a little tough to get into the, you know, 1150 PM on the, you know, 98, whatever it was there yeah. were, but it was it was it was great it was how did just, you figure out the route because that seems like the hardest part we're not sure how to do that because it's pre-internet for you i mean we have a lot of advantages i mean did you have a big war map i mean how did, how did you guys kind of figure this out we were literally andy rolled out a map and he was much more 
quantitative than I was, and he was much more sort of a analytical. I was more of the poet in college, and he was, you know, as a liberal arts major, political science, and he was, I'm not sure what, but something more scientific. So he was able to really construct the roots. I was kind of the marketing guy. <laughs> so I'm saying, we're going to have a press conference at the bus stop bar. We're going to, you know, call the Chronicle. We're going to get KCBS to ride with us on a few of the routes. So I, I got, I got us in, I promoted it and he, he did the substance. He figured out the route. So, it, but it was a map. It was like the Rand McNally thing, right? Yeah. Where you take it out. We were on the beach. We were actually at Pajaro Dunes. And his folks had a place there. And we were, uh, we were like, okay, we're going to apply for jobs. And we're going to never be able to do something this fun again, right? Because we'll, we might even do something like, you know, get married and have kids. Imagine that. <laughs> if we did that, then we are not going to be, you know, riding bus lines <laughs> as a as a uh, as a dutiful husbands and father and uh, and um, fathers. So it was uh, it was just kind of one of those playful things. But deep down, we both love San Francisco. We both never left. I went back east to go to school and spent a little time uh, in my career in New York. But basically, we ne- never left San Francisco. Neither of us. And I think it it was an ode to an institution we loved and still love. And now wearing the hat I wear now, I'm you know urging people to take Muni to games and you know <laughs> you know having little uh, little uh, fights skirmishes with Muni. We need more Muni lines to come into the ballpark and this and that and all that. You know, so uh, Muni hasn't left our lives. And Andy, it's funny. I saw Andy at a party recently, and it was a friend's birthday party. And he was with his wife. I said, how'd you get here? And I looked at him and he, he, his eyes, you know, kind of gave me this look like, I can't believe you're asking that question. Of course we took Muni. We took the 22 <laughs> Fillmore. Do you ever ride Muni anymore? I'm guessing you don't have to very much. I, we, I honestly, once in a while, but I'm, I'm going to, you know, it's kind of, I need, that's a, actually a good New Year's resolution. We're still in January, aren't we? We are. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm, that's a New Year's resolution. I'm going to do some Muni <laughs> this year in 2018. I don't do it enough. The kids, I, this, the Uber world we live in is, um, is makes it, you know, makes, I, I, I think Muni such a wonderful way to go. And I love the bus lanes because can, they can go pretty quickly. I was actually with my son downtown the other day, and he took the 38 Gary home. And he said it was actually because 38 Gary used to take forever because it was slow in every stop. But with the bus lanes, that's a, that's a good thing. You know, when we took over the team, we were a candlestick. That the experience of going to a game really starts when you leave your house. And my experience was taking the Ballpark Express, going to 25th in California, and taking that Ballpark Express out in 19th Avenue with my dad on Saturday afternoons. And, um, and, and it was so much fun because people were wearing, you know, the badges and the buttons and the horns and, uh, you know, and, and, and all the paraphernalia. And that's, that's kind of what the – that's a big part of the experience. So I think we hear from fans all the time. They're taking the end Judah to the games, and it's like that's the only way to go in their minds. What's your gut? Do you think it's possible to recreate the total Muni experience now with more traffic, more Muni lines, and they do have issues on sticking to their schedule? So even if you do figure out the route, you might be messed up midway no, I, through. I think they could. I think you could do it. I think your four-year-old. I would. I would say you know if you could do it as a preschool, 
exercise, mm-hmm. like before he starts kindergarten. Yeah. Now that would set a record. I don't, <laughs> the I don't youngest. Know. I would be right. the youngest. I mean, when you do it 22, it's okay. Not that big a deal. Um, and do you think he would do it like find a buddy and do it without mom? Oh, this oh is, no. This is <laughs> Adults will be there. I think, uh, I think we're thinking we're going to do it and then he might come for, part, come of the for way. part of the way. But there would oh. be an epic meltdown if he did all 13 oh, So it's a, it's a Peter Heather thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a chronicle thing. It's a chronicle thing. It's, it's a, a, chronicle you know, it's a so, special project, I think we would call it. So I think in some ways, um, it definitely could be done again. I think in some ways, it might be, sadly, in my mind, um, it, it'll be, it will be pretty mechanized. Because, I mean, there was printed schedules, but they weren't very, they weren't very uh, faithful to the printed schedules then either. So I'm concerned that, because there are schedules and there's, you know, you get alerts and immunities down and you can get into all sorts of information that it would be, you know, it's it's just you could plan it out even more carefully, which kind of might you know, rob a little bit of the experience from because it's, you know, everything's online. But on the other hand, there's a lot more people in the city now versus 1980. And there's a lot more construction and a lot more routes. So on the other hand, it's, I think, a, maybe a bigger achievement to get every line. How close did you make it? I mean, was it tight or were you able to get it done in plenty of time? We and did it. No, we, we went through into the wee hours of the night, yeah. but we, we did it. The thing was, if, you know, we didn't really hit schedules. We kind of gave up on the schedule. So there were some times we had to wait 15, 20 minutes for a bus to come. Because if it's you know, 9.30 and you're waiting for the 56 Visitation Valley, you know, you just don't know. That's it might take a while for it to come. So uh, so it just took, we just went into the wee hours. I remember being exhausted at the end because we were kind of on overdrive, right? Yeah. We were so excited, a lot of adrenaline, didn't sleep the night, much the night before. Um, but I think it's like, it's it's just, it's something that, it's kind of like a Carl Nolte thing with the way he writes about San Francisco. I, I feel that way because it's so much a part of the city. Now, the buses in those days, I think most of them were those green buses. Yeah. Remember the green yeah, buses? No, no, no. Yeah. Remember the green buses, Heather? Yeah, we have that photos of them here. Time, I yeah, no, I, I do. Yeah. They were, I think the buses were mainly green with the, before the red ones huh. kicked in. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And they're diesel and the, and the, and the antennas. Yeah. So I have to ask. I think the statute of limitations is over. <laughs> did you imbibe? Did you did you stop and get an Irish coffee? Was there At any? The bu- I made the mistake. I think, as I recall, this is a while ago. I think I had like a beer at the bus stop, and that was not good at the bus stop bar. So we did this oh, press yeah, conference yeah. like at six o'clock. You know, that bus stop bar is still there on Union Street. I guess that's where we have to start. We would have to incorporate that. How about, okay, here we are. Here we are. You guys are starting. You're not 22. You can be a little, you can be a little more. very (laughs) middle-aged. Bloody Marys. Get the bus stop to open early and do a Bloody Mary thing. Invite some of your closest, dearest friends. So we didn't imbibe, we didn't imbibe, we didn't, you know, drive while drinking or ride while drinking. But yeah. we did, I think, have a beer at the bus stop at like six or seven o'clock, and that kind of tired me out. A beer. I don't think we had two. We had one. Yeah. That kind of. I, I should, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but um. But it was. Uh, but other than that, we we did it. We had to stay cogent for you know the reporters that were covering us. Sure. <laughs> Coherent. I've got an old chronicle here. 
that you were 24 years old when you were hired um, to be their director of marketing. Do you see elements of what you did there as being not just something fun you did with your friend, but maybe the start of a path that you took? A little bit. I mean, I think one thing I've always, I encourage people when, when we go speak at schools or have interns that we get the gather interns together at the giants or, or, uh, is that, you know, take chances and do things that are a little bit outside the box. I mean, probably the biggest outside the box thing that I did in my life and my career, uh, which sort of led me into this business was pointing to the clip you have here of the, of the radio station yeah. with, with Berkeley, because I called the, the owner of the team, Charlie Finley out of the blue. And so it's sort of like, okay, chances were pretty stacked that you weren't going to get through. Or if you did get through, he was going to like, are, are you kidding me? But it was a one in a hundred. What was the worst thing that could happen? And he said, is, no, this is the Oakland A's. You were briefly a Oakland A's broadcaster, right. which is only second only to the writing all the munis in terms of things <laughs> people are going to be surprised by. In this podcast. Um, how old were you? So, uh, uh, 20. And so the Giants, so I was working at the Cal radio station, broadcasting uh, Cal baseball games and football games. Yeah. And it, so it was a 10-watt FM radio station. And uh, But it was FM. It wasn't like there were some stations where, like, carrier current that would just be on, on in, within the college, you know, footprint. This was... Uh, you know, it's a sort of you could you could potentially hear it anywhere you could see the transmitter, but it was only ten watts, but line of sight. So, the rap that the station had is what it had the coverage area of two point five million people because that's where the transmitter was on top of the Lawrence Hall of Science. So I called the owner of the A's, Charlie Finley, and he was in the insurance business in Indiana outside Chicago, and um, called him up and said, uh, Mister, and this is about. 10 days before opening day and he was fighting with people and the team was, he was talking about selling the team and he, um, the station KMBR actually was a previous year station, but he said he wasn't going back to them. He was mad at them for whatever reason or they were mad at him. Anyway, so I called him up. I said, Mr. Finley, my name is Larry Bear. Uh, and I'm with the, I'm with KLX radio in the Bay area. Didn't tell him it was FM. Didn't tell him it was uh, part of, Berkeley, Cal Berkeley, <laughs> and said, uh, we'd like to broadcast your games. And Finley, in his typical gruff manner, said, uh, Mr. Bear, BS walks and money talks. How much are you going to pay me? <laughs> so I had to come clean. I said, well, Mr. Finley, sir, uh, our FCC license is held by the University, the Regents of the University of California. So um, we, can, uh, we can send you a dollar in the mail but we can't we can't pay you because it's a non-commercial FM uh, nonprofit station. But we'll do it as a community service. He said, "Wait a minute, who who are you? What, 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 how, who are you?" I said, "Well, I'm a, a junior majoring in political science. Well, who's going to broadcast the games? Well, myself and my partner, who's a sophomore majoring in English." And he's like, "Uh, what? Two students? What?" I like it. <laughs> so the chances are that that wouldn't have happened, but it happened. Yeah. And this you was try a hundred crazy things, probably one crazy thing you're going to get a yes on, right? In the world. And this was a this was a you were talking to us before we turned the podcast on. This was not a fifty thousand watt blowtorch. You were. It was. I, I was mentioning. I mean, my parents lived on in the Richmond district. They'd have to drive to the Marina Green where they could just barely hear our our 
broadcasts of A's. We were the only station broadcasting the A's as a major yeah. league team. Um, the California Angels, we had opening night in Anaheim, and the first game, it was myself and Bob Cosberg, who nobody uh-huh. ever nobody had ever heard of any of us, either of us. We were two college kids. And in the booth next to us was Dick Enberg, Hall of Fame broadcaster for the Angels, and Don Drysdale, Hall of Fame pitcher, former pitcher for the Dodgers. They're in the next booth, and we look over. It was like one of those OMG moments. It's like, <laughs> this is crazy. So, but it was it was just, it was, you know, and the, the point is, you talk about marketing or whatever. I mean, what I encourage people is just take a shot at whatever whatever your dream is. My dream was to be a broadcaster. I mean, my dream when I was your son's age was to be Willie Mays. And then that quickly, it, be, it became clear I wasn't going to be you know, a, a major league player. I played in school. And so then, but my dream was to be a broadcaster, to be Lon Simmons, Russ Hodges, the broadcasters I grew up with as, as in following the Giants. And so then, you know, being able to live out that dream was, was you know, the worst thing that could have happened is he could have said no. The worst thing that could have happened on the Muni experience was Muni said, well, we're not going to give you a pass or whatever, and we just didn't come together, but what the heck. So I have to ask, in 2018, is there some kind of order of succession scenario where Kruk and Kipe get the flu, John Miller, you're on the road, John Miller's you know, cab is late, whatever. Is, do you have an Alexander Haig moment where... You're I, the guy who has to do the broadcast okay. for the Giants. Will we ever hear that? Okay, this is a little secret. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we will test how many people are listening to your podcast to the big event, okay? Uh-huh. Because that is kind of a little secret thing I've got, just to go back and do one inning. Last year, I, I um, last year, do you remember there was a game that we ended up starting at 11 p.m., 10.50? Yes. I against remember. the Dodgers. There was this long rain delay, and we couldn't figure out when to replay the game because it was in September. And there was all sorts of crazy stuff going on, and the Dodgers were, you know, they were trying to clinch the pennant. They were a week away from the pennant, and we were wanting to knock them out. Anyway, long and short of it, we started at 11 o'clock. So John Miller and Dave Fleming said, come on up and explain why is this game starting at 11 p.m.? So I was uh, talking with them during the second inning, and I, this little light bulb went on my mind. And I just kind of said, as I was answering the questions, because in game you got action. So, you know, I'd say, well, we had this conversation. Uh, there's a curveball in the outside corner, strike two. And, then, you know, oh, the ball's popped up. And they say, hey, hey, Larry, you're, you're doing the play by play. So I had this little moment because it is, it is, I don't know how many kids fantasize about, but I did fantasize about doing it. And one day, day maybe you know while i'm uh, in the next uh, many years while i'm around to uh, to do to do an inning would be fun i bet you can make that happen yeah well, we'll see i don't know <laughs> i don't know everybody's got their you know we've got we've got everybody's got their contracts so uh, i just like that you're like the emergency catcher for the giants <laughs> broadcasting team and yeah. no one knows it if all else sells the, the reality is we have four really really amazing broadcasters so yeah uh, yeah, so it, it's it's great. I, I still think it's the lead edge of the franchise is your play-by-play, radio and television play-by-play, because, you know, players come and go, but a broadcaster can be there 20, 30, 40 years, and he or she becomes your best friend. Yeah. Every day, listening, and you know, they feel like, you feel like you're inviting them into your home. The, the point where I really thought you guys, I mean, had... I don't know, all the luck or all the smarts in the world was was when Fleming came on. 
because you had these three guys who were incredible, and then this fourth guy slots in, and he's got his own thing that is younger, and he's good on social media, and he has an old soul, and how'd you get this fourth guy? I mean, it, it was really amazing. And he's a Stanford guy, yeah. right? So he, what, what happened was he was at Stanford and then he went to, um, Stockton and, did, or the Modesto, I believe it was Modesto and did some games and Pat Gallagher, who you guys know, Pat, who was the head of marketing for, for the Giants for a long time said, you know, you gotta listen to this guy. He's pretty good. And then he went from stock, from Stockton Modesto to Pawtucket. Mm-hmm. And for the Red Sox, AAA. So, you know, you move around, jump up. And he was all 25, and did maybe two years in Stockton, in Pawtucket. And so we were looking for a, somebody, that fourth announcer. And we got, um, we got tapes from, we got tape from Dave, and we got tape from uh, the number one guy in Pawtucket. He was the number two guy in Pawtucket, but Dave was just so good. And people had known him from Stanford, said he's like, you know, a, a real guy. Um, and somebody that could, you know, mix in with and not be intimidated by John Miller and, and Mike and Dwayne, who are Hall of Famers. And we tested him, put him on a couple of games, just, and he was just, and John said at that time, John Miller said, he's spectacular. The only um, issue is going to be, and the only challenge is going to be him staying. That mm-hmm. you're gonna that he's gonna get and John at the time had done you know 20 years of Sunday Night Baseball on the ESPN, and sure enough, Dave is on the ESPN, but he's also with us, stayed with us, so it's it's pretty cool. Is that I gotta ask you? Is that your first baseball memory? Is is it the announcers or going to the game? Because you grew up here. Um, I, again, I was looking through the Chronicle archives and found some of your tennis matches at <laughs> Rochambeau yeah. and at Lowell and. <laughs> Um, what, what was kind of your first, my first memory was, um, on 29th Avenue playing ball against the stairs, playing what we call stair baseball, throwing the ball and kind of simulating games. And then the backyard, you know, hitting balls to my, myself and just kind of simulating a giants game. So if the giants were playing the Cardinals that night and it was four o'clock in the afternoon, I'd just like simulate the game in the backyard. And then my dad my hope was every time the Giants were home on a Saturday, we could find a way to go to the game. And so my dad, who was an attorney in downtown San Francisco, he would go to Roos Atkins, the men's store on 4th and Market, and that's where the Giants' box office was. And you know, on Friday afternoons, he would buy two tickets, and he and I would take the bus, the Muni, out to to Candlestick. And that was that, those, all of that was my memory, playing on 29th Avenue and going with my dad. And those are my memories. And we and we sat in this section down the right field line because it was where the, it was a sunnier section, section nineteen at Candlestick. And Willie Mays was in San. So this is the mid to late sixties. Willie Mays was in center field for much of the time. Bobby Bonds was in right field, and it was just I was just mesmerized. Wow, can only imagine. Uh, favorite players. So it was it was it was Mays, McCovey, Marichal. Were, I, I just thought that they were um, sort of the, you know, the this dream threesome that were, um, you know, that were, that were sort of my idols as players. But, you know, with all that we've been through in the last seven or eight years here, and I see our children going through with, with uh, playoffs and championships, only once in my time as a real enthusiastic fan, as a baseball-obsessed fan, only once did we make the playoffs that I remembered. I, we were in the World Series in 62, but I wasn't old enough then. But in 1971, 
we went, we won the division. The Giants won the division. And I was just, I, it, it, my, I was just, my heart poured into that team. Charlie Fox was the manager. Willie Mays was still on the team. Um, and we, so we had a five game series with the Pirates, and that was it, right? The winner goes to the World Series. There weren't those, the extra round of playoffs. And uh, we won the first game. I went to both of the games in San Francisco. And uh, McCovey and Tito Fuentes hit home runs in the first game. Then Bob Robertson of the Pirates hit three home runs in the second game. And we split 1-1, went back to Pittsburgh, lost two, out. And I was crushed. I remember at Presidio Junior High School, I was listening to the, sec- to the fourth game, which was a day game. I, I was just, you know, I was just like, I, I, I needed therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in an even year now. How are the Giants going to do? So we're, we're, we've worked really hard this offseason to uh, change the culture. It was interesting. I, I noticed Tom Brady said something after the game yesterday, uh, the Patriots football game that, that um, in the AFC Championship that I think about a lot. And he said, and they said, hey, you guys win every year, and a lot of people give you crap about it. And he said, hey, every year is a new movie, and it's a totally new characters totally new even though some of the players remain the same it's just a whole new set of circumstances and that's the way i look at this year we had an uncharacteristically bad year last year but we've had kind of it's almost it's been 26 years of this ownership group we've had sort of one a decade of really Mm -hmm. bad years but each time we've had one we've bounced back and i remember brian sabian and boach and bobby evans all been saying can't wait to get at it in 2018 because we're going to flush that and flush that that all of that so we got two franchise players Longoria and and and, uh, Andrew McCutcheon and we're just about to sign a center fielder and and we feel like the culture has already changed in the offseason we haven't played a game and we haven't reported to spring training I think it's you know we got four pitchers who were not a factor last year who we're counting on this year who historically have been at the top of the league. Madison Bumgarner, Johnny Cueto, Mark Melanson, Will Smith, an excellent lefty. So just throw those, put those people back in the mix, add McCutcheon, add Longoria, add the center fielder we're we're about to sign, stir, mix, (laughs) throw a little salt and pepper, and we think we're going to be back to even year recipe. Good. That's what I like to hear. You like? Do you like? Are you an even year woman? Yes. Okay. We we all took a lot. I think in some ways in this country, am I being quoted on this? In this country, we all took last year off. <laughs> yeah. right. It was a bad year all around. It was. It was. Um, last year was a mulligan in many ways. Definitely. So Muni, uh, we're going to do this. I any last piece so, of so, advice for us? So here's what. So we did it kind of like half authorized. I think you should do it unauthorized. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause just go do it. You know, it's like Nike. Let's just, just do it. Don't, because if we went to Muni, but we were 20. Yeah. 22. I think you, you do it. I think you chart it out. How are you with numbers and geography? Were you geography We've majors in four school? Four small children helping us who are, <laughs> who are doing core math I bet my now, son can so, figure it out. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we'll... And I think, I mean, why not just get out the old-fashioned map? Does Muni produce a map? Yeah. yeah, of the roots. They I mean, do. like a like a physical, not a digital. Screw the digital stuff. Yeah, I I haven't talked to Heather about this, but I did a <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> um, I did a same similar thing, and it was probably right after I found that photo of you. I rode every roller coaster in the Bay Area Ooh. in one day, 
So I went from- How many are there? There are 10. I went from wow. Santa Cruz to Gilroy Gardens to Marriott's Great America to wow. Vallejo, and I rode 10 roller coasters in one day. Did you write about it. it? I wrote about it. It was a magazine article over 10 years ago. Cool. But um, my one limitation I put is no help from PR. So I didn't have someone from PR meeting me. I did it as if I was- a civilian. So I think that's it's, how we should have to do it. I think you should it. do that. Okay. Good. Muni's not going to help us. I okay. mean, maybe we'll interview them at some point. What do you think, Heather? Yeah, I'm up for it. Yeah. I, okay, but but here's the deal. Okay, I have a couple of sort of, you know, really critical key questions that are gating questions in this. One, do either of you live on a bus line? I live on a small bus line. What bus? What line? 36 Teresita. 36 Teresita. How about I, you, Peter? Am, are you am, in the city? I am in Alameda. I'm on a ferry line, Larry. <laughs> so I okay. can take the- So you're uh, doing a sleepover at Heather's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you're, got, and you're starting- when would, when would the first 36 Teresita take off? Take off uh, do I don't know that off the top of my head. Okay. We'll figure it out. Okay. No. So you take the 36 Teresita at like 4.14 a.m. and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that's no. I think I think it's being close and to twenty a bus hours line. later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, thirty percent more bus lines. So I think now. Oh, we did have we had some protocols. One protocol was you had to go a minimum of three stops on any given line. Uh, like on the roller coaster, you did like one loop. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, right. Which makes sense because that's sure. True. But three stops felt like you know you didn't want it. One stop felt like it just it's de minimis, and there's no way you could accomplish your thing if you like went from you know to the end of the line you know so three stops i think is kind of like the right the right mix they're the right you know feels like it's substantive enough yeah okay but it could be more than three stops because you have to do a transfer the other thing is it wasn't like you know you take a bus line and then have you know mom and dad drive you to the next stop i mean you're you got to find transfer points along the way so that requires some work all right what well, do you I, think? I, I, think? I think we, we can, can do, do it. it. I think We're, we can inspired. Do it. We're inspired. We're in? We're ready. You're in? <laughs> You're okay. like, um, did you see The Last Jedi? It's like when Ray went and found Luke Skywalker <laughs> for training. Okay. That's how I feel about you right okay. now. Okay, can I make, can I, can I make um, a pledge, a promise back here? Because yeah. I feel like okay. if, if we in any way inspired <laughs> something in 1980 that's occurring in 2018, uh-huh. okay, should you accomplish this? We are going to have you guys and your families sitting in the first row at a game, okay? And we're going to take and make sure you have photos. I know you're not doing the PR thing, but you have photos. And we're going to hit the photo on the board. Oh, wow. And we're going to wow. introduce you at a between-inning <laughs> break and say that it, this is the Heather and Peter TME, TME. T- circa two eight, 2018 version and show you guys, you know, like on the... 35 Terrace. We would have to run that across our editor, Audrey Cooper. <laughs> oh, who, conflicts there, of interest? There may be some issues there, but I, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll throw it back at you and say, if we do this, would you consider, because we're a digital organization mm-hmm. now. There will be Facebook Lives mm-hmm. and digital assets to this. Mm-hmm. Would you consider riding three stops with us? I, I'd love to. Not only would I consider, I'd love to. Okay. Figure out the, what the best ones would be. I'd, I'd love to. Okay. Because I'd love I, to get you on and get it maybe a Facebook Live or some kind of little digital interview with you. While we're doing this, our Luke Skywalker helping us through okay. this I'd love PME. to do it, we, we, but we can't, just my marketing instincts, we can't do like a little thing at the bus stop bar. We've got to include the bus stop yeah, bar. Yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. okay. So maybe we have to have the, t- the matching T-shirts. The yes. matching T-shirts. <laughs> Did you iron on? You ironed on, right? I think so. I mean, this is, 
Yeah, this was and the caps were really geeky. There was no Etsy back then. You, you were ironing iron we were with your mom's on. iron, we were dad's okay. iron. That was that was yeah, Andy Coblin. So we gotta get Andy and I will greet you on maybe the the forty one union. You know, at the time in nineteen eighty, it was the Yuppie Express. Yeah. That was a word of the eighties, I think, or the nineties. It still is, right? The forty one yeah. union. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. in. It's yeah. So they, the, the those Marinaites headed <laughs> headed down to their jobs in the Embarcadero Center. I, I'm in. I'm, okay. I'm excited. We're doing we're this. In. We're doing this. We're doing this. Do we have a date? Are we, no, we we're gonna. We'll, we'll, Heather and we I got to, to get together. First, yeah, yeah, we've got oh, we've oh, got school drop offs, and I'm coaching <laughs> basketball through March. So it'll be it'll be I think in the spring though. Let, yeah. Let, yeah. let the children. I think it's a great exercise for children. It could be even a like a class project. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Okay. So we're in. We're in. Okay, so I'm I'm with you. Just let me know. If, <laughs> I, I, I cannot wait. So you're gonna bring it back. We're gonna bring it back. TME two. We're committed, right? We're 2. fist bumping right now, right Heather now. and I. We're going. <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all fist bumping. Okay. Thank you so much for coming this in. This is so great. I mean, cannot believe what we have here at the Chronicle. Yeah. It's a treasure. Please come back and tell people about this place. Don't tell them about the cockroach you <laughs> walked by on the way in the archive. Um, no, just thank you so much. It's it's we, awesome that you have such a good sense of humor about this, okay. and I'm sure it was a fun part of your life. We, but. we continue to protect this institution the way we, we were all protecting Muni. Keep the Chronicle cooking, because it's yes. all part of, of, of us, and as is Muni, as is the ball club, as is few things that hopefully are, are four-year-old This together keep. a lot of important San Francisco yeah. institutions. Nice. It knits it together. It really does. Nice. Okay, well, thanks. thank you for coming. Thanks, yeah, thanks thank guys. You. Thanks, the Heather. big event, thanks, uh, the big event with Larry Bear. Heather Knight was joining me. Thank you very much. Total Muni Experience 2018. Woo! Go! <laughs> you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to our guest, Larry Bear, and thank you, Heather Knight, for joining me today. Thank you. And to all of you listening, remember, hashtag Total Muni 2018. Total Muni 2018. This is going to be fun. Um, subscribe to The Chronicle. Remember that one at www.sfchronicle.com. Heather's column is there. A lot of what we're going to be doing is going to be on the site. So subscribe if you're not subscribing already. Executive producer is Fernando Diaz, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community. San Francisco Chronicle podcasts are on iTunes and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S. What's 12? 12 from and the Pacific. Is there a 13? No. What's the next one? 14 mission. 14R Mission Rapid, 14X Mission Express. I'm only doing up to 1846 how many Muni bus lines are there? Like 76. Hmm. And what's the highest number? 108. Where does that one go? Treasure Island. Cool.
thanks for coming in and telling us about Muni.